Welcome to Werner's Corner, a place of interviews. I'm here with Mr. Alex Jones. Thank you, thank you very much, thank you. Grand Wizard of the InfoWars branch of the performance artist group, the Ku Klux Klan. Correct. He is the glowing red angry jester. Don't agree with that, but... The right, and his hunt for truth has made him the sworn enemy of the MSM, or mainstream media. You know, I'm not sure how I feel about you, Werner. But notice how I use the proper German pronunciation, because I do like that, but... On one side, you seem like a European globalist, and on the other, you have a fine German accent that I think young men here in our proud country could really learn from. These absolute pigs, these bone-thin, low-tea, soy-milk demons, they must be punished for how gay their lips are. Interesting, Mr. Jones. I once raised 12 piglets myself. I fed these piglets from my own breast, killing them only when it was absolutely necessary for survival or when I was told Jared Leto had landed a role. This causes me an immense amount of depression. Whoa, very impressive. Yes, Mr. Jones, I did this to teach myself a lesson about what lies at the heart of this universe, violence and the pathetic mewling of the meekest among us. You, for example, are trapped in a glittering cube of tenderized roast beef. So? But your spirit is that of a badger or ferret. Let me tell you something, Werner. Infowars is not gone. The truth can't just disappear. The channel will now be sent by Morse code along a telegraph system we are installing using liberal prison labor. I call Dan Scavino. He then translates these into a series of interpretive dances he performs for the president. And this Dan Scavino, is he entirely in the news? Absolutely. Absolutely. Direct line to the leader of the free world, fighting globalists on the front line, wearing my makeup like a patriot so that the president knows I'm not a threat to him. Werner, I think we agree on nearly everything. We should really sit down and make a sequel to Loose Change together. I, I really like that. I enjoyed that film very much. I wanted to make a sequel for quite some time. Loose Change is the most important movie of the last 20 years. I accept this challenge without condition, Mr. Jones. We don't exactly know who to win. Hey, it's all about ending the deep state. Welcome, everybody, to an emergency session of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, reporting to you from the front lines of what will surely be known as the Night of Long Knives. I'm Julian, and I'm here with my co-host, Jake, the absolute legend, and of course, frontline reporter, Travis View. Julian, Jake, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, you can follow Travis at Travis underscore view. Julian and I have zero social media footprints as we do not want to give up our location and uh, risk possible harm to our non-existent families. We, we might in time reveal our uh, identity, but it will be a little bit like those gender reveal parties in America. We're going to make a huge fucking deal out of it. And um, it's going to look lame. All QAnon related subreddits are now banned from the platform cutting off a major pipeline to the mainstream for the QAnon movement. The fallout is incalculable. To give you an idea of the damage, Jake has had to Google how does the Tor browser work several times this week. It's awful. Travis, you've been on the ground. You've been weathering this full frontal assault on the QAnon subreddits. What happened? 
So yeah, so this all went down on September 12th. Uh, the number one, all of the QAnon subreddits went down. The most uh, significant one is Great Awakening, which had over 70,000 subscribers. Yep. And that was mm-hmm. just devastating. But they uh, they also banned 12 other subreddits, including the uh, Biblical Q, which is the uh, QAnon subreddit <laughs> for Christians. And this is my favorite, uh, Quincells, which is the which is the QAnon subreddit for incels. Oh my god! I didn't even know that existed. Of course, you didn't. Sure, you didn't. Incels, for those who don't know, uh, involuntarily celibate, uh, meaning they want to fuck, but unfortunately, not up to them. Unfortunately, their white supremacism gets in the way of girls getting moist. <laughs> so yeah, so this happened because of uh, th- threats and uh, harassment. Uh, one of the uh, base examples that um, that was cited was uh, there's some information collected by uh, against, against Hate subreddits, the subreddit that collects information about um, mm-hmm. things that these subreddits do. And um, a lot of very, very uh, hateful comments towards uh, Hillary Clinton where they sort of wished that <laughs> death, not, not just hateful, but like bloodlust. Very, yeah, yeah, very, yeah. very, yeah. very... Uh, for example, uh, one person said, I'm surprised no one has assassinated her yet, honestly. Yeah. Uh, someone else said that psychopath gets dragged out by a noose and left hanging till she rots to the bone and the buzzards rip her rotting corpse to shreds. <laughs> what? That sounds kind of tame. Right, right. <laughs> Wait, wasn't there another, there was another one where that someone was fantasizing openly about strapping her into the uh, uh, electric chair oh, yes, and yes. watching her fry on primetime TV? Yes, yes. They wanted, yeah, pr- yeah pay-per-view. They wanted to see... Pay-per-view? They want to pay for it on top of it? Yeah. They, you they... fucking pay pigs. <laughs> they, they just, they're like, no, it can't be free. This has to be, this uh, has to be like the WWF Raw or WWE well, Raw. And actually their, their, their bloodlust is misplaced because um, a lot of experts say that uh, the electric chair is actually the least uh, painful of the uh, execution methods. Methods. I just wanted to throw that in there. Uh, something else that got them banned was this harassment campaign. Oh and, yes, and mm-hmm. one of the uh, one of the biggest things was a harassment campaign against uh, the Satan Perry account on Twitter, spelled S eight N. That's right. Hello, Jack. This is uh, Satan. Um, <laughs> a lot of these guys are sending me messages, and they don't yeah. seem very nice. This is Satan. Uh, I've been contacted by several of Hillary's aides. They just uh, requested that there be pizza and hot dogs in hell. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so the there there were you know hundreds of people who were sending him you know insane messages and DMing him. And uh, Great Awakening was part of this campaign. Mm-hmm. And um, and actually, I got a message from him. I I, I helped him while he was going through this. Yeah. While, while the c- campaign was going on, and just recently he messaged me. And he said, uh, this is great news. I'm happy knowing I had a big part in all their subreddits getting banned. It makes all the shit I got so worth it. <laughs> hey, now they have proof that Satan's working against them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so all of their uh, reddits are gone. You know, and even for Jake, someone who doesn't really want to go to 4chan or 8chan, Mm-mm. this was like a big source of um, how it was getting pushed out into the mainstream. Yeah, yeah. For, there's a lot of people who don't want to go on the 8chan. You know, it's, 8chan isn't even indexed in Google. And, yeah. and, and so there are a lot of people who that's too hardcore for them. And, uh, the, the information on Twitter is maybe a little too simple. So this was sort of like a nice sort of bridge in between right. HM right. and Twitter. There's a lot of disinfo on Twitter. I mean, when you, when you search QAnon yeah. on Twitter, you might get three people that actually have real drops that mm-hmm. are making some kind of attempt at some sort of, uh, yeah. uh critical analysis. But most of it is just like a, a picture of an eagle flying above like Mike Flynn and then like the words that are like, 
it's coming for you. Yeah. Hashtag QAnon, hashtag Great Awakening, hashtag they, where we go one, where we go all. I found one the other day that actually mm-hmm. um, touched me very deeply because it was a tweet that is like, it's like a Q tweet and it's tweeted by a guy who has... Um, who's using a photo of like the Punisher? I believe like it's like the Punisher. Oh. It's the Punisher logo over an American flag, oh, and it says guy. "Made <laughs> in the USA" around it. But this was just such a touching tweet to me. It, it, this is this is the tweet. We are going to make it, gang. The only way left to go from here is up. Like that's that's like this kind of adorable. If you strip it of context, this is just like an inspirational meme of like, let's get through the day. Well, yeah, because these people are like. Um they're like, uh, remember in high school when everybody would go on like Kairos or whatever, which was like the yeah. Jesus sort of retreat, and then they would come back with, with hemp necklaces and they would all be best friends and you go, well, what no. happened over there? And they were mm-hmm. like, oh, we can't really tell. It's so special and magical. It's kind of some, it's kind of private. Yeah. I, it's the same with the, with the Q army. It's like they, they love each other because the fact that other people exist that the, believe in the same things they yeah. do make them feel less bad about some of the crazier them, things that they, you know. To a lot of them, they've found this amazing information and they're like traumatized by it and they're like living in this kind of trauma community where it's like oh my god now that we know the truth you know we, we can rely on each other it's it's cool where we go one we go all exactly yeah. uh meanwhile uh i think in the same scrolling session I, I i found a new york times article being posted on twitter that said the title was hand feeding hummingbirds you can do it but should you <laughs> <laughs> and that's why i re- that's when i realized that yeah i'd, I'd literally rather a feed filled with the, the the absolute mental insanity that is uh, the QAnon general Twitter community than have to sit through the New York Times fucking headlines at this point. Yeah, it's exciting. I get it. You know, <laughs> they, they paint a picture. Yeah. It's, a, it's an incredible world they live in. It's that or fucking hummingbirds. Yeah. We talked a little bit about the community, but I wanted to know from your perspective as a, as a crate digger for um, the records of people's brains melting... Uh, what kind of nuggets have you found on 4chan and 8chan? What's the the reactions of these communities? Uh, you know, what do they think this is? Well, uh, Q reacted actually. There was a Q drop um, the same day. It was Q drop uh, twenty one sixty five, and Q said, "Content violations? Question mark. Stay strong. Stay together. Censorship will fail. They will attack the most. Oh, wait. those they attack the most are the biggest threat." Yeah. So so. This is uh this is a you know a common narrative. Yeah, yeah. It's like the only reason they're attacking us cuz we're over the target. Right. You know, yeah. they're they're attacking us cuz they're scared, you know. Yeah. The stuff we were talking about earlier about these content violations, this is nothing new. I mean, I've no, read I've new. read you know many posts that call for the fantasy of you know the deaths and 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 punishment of uh you know the Clinton campaign and yeah. uh, the Obama and whoever and, and and anybody else that's that's deemed uh yeah. you know part of the swamp or whatever. And it's true that I do once in a while see on the left people calling uh, for something like this, but it's more in the vein of we need another French revolution. But it's it's a very different sentiment than like this specific woman needs to be dragged into the street, like beaten to death and I mean, hung in the public square. I mean, all you got to do is go to um what's his name? Uh uh Keith Oberman's accounts on Twitter and you can find similar <laughs> I fucking refuse. I follow a lot of mainstream (laughs) people, but I just can't with that dude. There's a foil sub for the Donald, which is like the 24 hour Mm -hmm. like Trump rally sub. There's a foil called the Mueller, which is so sad because it's got way less subscribers and like way less like interaction. But they want so bad. 
badly to be the Donald, but it's yeah. all, you know, you know, it's all from the other side of stuff. And and those guys do very similar shit. Of, it's just of, run by the Krasenstein brothers. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Who are starting a podcast, by the way. So I don't want to, you know, accuse them of anything, but we start a podcast. Weeks later, the Krasensteins announced this. Yeah, funded by George Soros. They're funded by George Soros. We're funded by the, the Russian government. Another thing that he were doing, they were comparing it to uh, the Kristallnacht in the 19, yeah. 1938, which yeah. is this uh, you know Jewish systematic oppression where they burned down synagogues and they, they yeah. uh, destroyed Jewish businesses in Nazi Germany. And um, they 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 did not yeah they, they take so it very well. So for them, they are the Jews. They're, yes, yes. In this situation, they were the Jews <laughs> being amazing. oppressed. That's so good. So, so, Ain't so, it like them? Just just like being so. Great Awakening was not just a story. It was like firebombed by Nazis. Yes, they just got their Reddit stuff. Firebombs. It's convenient. By it's the like, mods. You only want to be a Jew when it's convenient. I get it. It's I true. See, I see how it is. Yeah, the right wing, it's true, the right wing love to cast themselves as the They're basically anti-Semitic all year round, and then when they're when someone does something to them, they're like, you did it to us just like you did the Jews. I think Alex Jones also the other day was like, first they came for Alex Jones or something. I mean, he's always loving that shit. Oh, man. Yeah, they love that shit. Well, because, I mean, it's the most recent... Uh, that's totally a lie, by the way. Yep. It's not the most recent. It is yeah, the yeah. most mainstream yeah. genocide that that people generally... In the Western narrative, it's the only genocide in all of history. Right, right. <laughs> that's, that's it. There was never any other genocides. End of story. Thank you very much. And good night. Now, uh, cue 15 Hollywood movies about it. Uh, no, it's, it's, uh, it is it's just something that people love to throw into conversation. Um, I love them using, like, a hist- they put, like, look up that one word from, like, a history book. Because clearly, if you, if you study the movement, um, it's very hard to argue that this is in any way <laughs> resembling right. anything that was happening back there. But, but I will say, like, the, I, I would say more often than not, when I was on Great Awakening mm-hmm. lurking around, and somebody would say something like, like that, like super, you know, super blatantly violent. Um, usually the mods would delete it and there would be a comment like, no violence, you know, like we, and it comes from this place that we sort of talked about last time. It's like we are the gatekeepers of this information mm-hmm. and yeah. this, and this great awakening. If we, if we look like we're violent, people are going to be turned off from the movement. So therefore we have to, it's like when you go, it's like when you go on a, when you're selected to go on like a debate tournament, not that I did this or anything. Um, and, and you know, your, your coach comes up to you beforehand and says, now you got to be on your best behavior because you represent all of Fallbrook High School when you go to this thing. So you have to be. And so like there is, you're at a spelling bee. They ask you to spell onomatopoeia and you have to hold back. Uh, because you really want to say that Hillary Clinton should be drugged into the street, beaten to death, and hung. Yeah, and it's, it's hard. I know. Yeah, high school go, students all go through this. Onomatopoeia. Oh, <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. Oh, <laughs> Obama's gonna pay for all of this. <laughs> but uh, I think that the uh, the Reddit against hate thing that you were mentioning earlier, they had links to the subreddit like posts they were referencing, and they were all still up, right? So these weren't moderated. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they. They were, yeah, they were all still up. They kept co- archived copies of them. Yeah, but they weren't quite as quite uh, as closely moderated as Reddit would prefer them to be, or as Jake would like them to be. Yes, <laughs> would like us to believe they are. <laughs> um, no, I, I no, I'm serious. I mean, I also don't 
dig as deep like when yeah. because because the thing is is when you go and you and you are a uh, a regular visitor of these kind of things you you can see pretty quickly which posts are fucking garbage like you racist, don't even click racist anti-semitic yeah, yeah I don't even click on that stuff the the stuff that I'm interested is in yeah. like the the supposed news story that lines up with part of the you know the corruption right. the spygate theory or whatever so it's totally possible that all of these things are happening mm-hmm. in the post that I just go eh, I'm not interested in that anyways because I don't want I, mean, I don't want to know that these people are fucking horrible from what like, I've looked into yes that, that stuff was happening and that is the reddit terms of service I, I have obviously my issue is not with whether or not they violated Reddit terms of service and whether or not that that should lead to a ban under, you know, Reddit's uh, specific rules. Um, it has more to do with private companies and, and the way that information now translates. But we can talk about that later. I'm still right. interested in going deeper on what are the theories on 4chan and 8chan about, you know, what happened? They, 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 and they described we- it as the Kristallnacht. Yeah. So, okay, they fi- it's the firebombing of Jewish businesses. Yeah, well, uh, well another thing that they are uh, planning on doing is that on uh, Patreon, what is it? Patriots Awoken on 8chan, which is another mm-hmm. uh, QAnon board. They were planning a counterattack. I, okay. I, cl- I yeah. clicked that and it scared me, and I and I and I quickly went back to um, IGN.com. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so this one post says that so that he, he, there was sort of a plan of attack. It's like number one, meme war. They want gray love, <laughs> yes. anti-Reddit memes. Oh, number two, meme- more meme war. Yeah. Oh, and I saw this too. Is there? There's a uh, there's a new algorithm that can actually. Uh, detect for offensive memes. So what I was seeing was a bunch of examples of just written memes where, like, I'm not kidding. On the top square, it says, picture of Drake, picture of Drake looking away like he's not interested. And it goes like, freedom of speech. And then in the, you know, the bottom left square, it says, picture of Drake looking pleased like he accepts this. And it's like, it's them writing out what the memes look like so as not to be a a trick, you know, not to trigger the, um, the meme censorship tool. Oh boy. Another tactic was they wanted to make a lot of subreddits very, very quickly. A lot of pro Q subreddits. Mm. Uh, uh, They wanted to create a hashtag campaign, spamming Q-related content all over Reddit. And number five, this one worried me a little bit, digging uh, on the mods and reporting them to Reddit. So they wanted to find all the mods on Reddit who were maybe responsible for this and then, you know, finding bad information about them. They mean the... The like larger Reddit guys, oh, not yes. not they the mean like, they mean like yes, the admins. Yes, you know, no. oh, yeah, yeah. So I see. Not they're not like, throwing their own at the bus, dude. Right? Okay. They yeah. go one, they still go all. Buddy. Okay. Okay. Good. Don't worry. Okay. Don't right. worry. You're still so, going all. Yeah, they really. Yeah, they really blame the people who own or are in charge of the platform. And, yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, they've never liked that guy though. They always, they've always thought that he's that he's been censoring. The the funny thing about this though is banning all. Like I feel like they should have slow rolled it a little bit because mm-hmm. banning them all in a single day yeah. makes the Q the the Q army feel like like you were saying earlier, Travis. Like that they, they are over the yeah. fucking target. All our all our subs banned at once. Yeah. I mean, even I went to some party and a friend was like. Jank, did you see that Q, all the Q subreddits are ban- were banned? And I go, yeah, why do you think that was all at once? And he just went, oh. <laughs> well, what? He, he, even he, I'm just saying that like. They, they decided from one day to the next to finally enforce what a lot of other internet companies are enforcing, which is terms of service around, you know, far right and hate, hate, hate language and stuff. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's, it doesn't even seem that mysterious. It's, it's kind of boring and it's part of something that on a larger scale is worrying to me. But um, in terms of the Anons, what are the next steps for the Anons? I've uh, heard word of an exodus to vote 
which is like another social media service where it's still cool to say the Jews did 9-11. Yes, yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> can you tell us anything about this? So, yeah, so Vote, yeah, so they had a, there was a Great Awakening uh, sub on Vote, and they had about 1,500 subscribers at first, but now, uh, as of this recording, it's about 6,000. But what the hell is Vote? Yeah. Vote is, like, Vote is a, is like a Reddit clone, but not quite as good. Like, if you're, if you're familiar with Gab at all. Yeah, that's where all the, the Nazis yeah. also like to hang out. So it's the, sort of like the, uh, you know, Twitter is the Gab as Reddit is the Vote. Okay, it's like... Yeah, it's like nobody, nobody. Uh, there's no teachers at the at the daycare. Yes, there's there's very little moderation, and it's it's been around for a while, and they, and they have much looser content guidelines. So you'll see a lot of people with usernames. That's just a long string of slurs, for example. <laughs> and so yeah, yeah. so you'll they'll, so there so the anti-Semitism that's sort of present on 8chan, uh, you know, the the, the QAnon sub subreddit. They had they specifically forbade anti-Semitism. It was in the rules. Yeah, on yeah. vote that is not present. Yeah. Right. So the Semitism on 8chan goes straight to vote unfiltered. Nice. Okay. Oh, it must be all a part of a bigger plan to expose the uh, to expose the true anti-Semitic roots. You know, on the Great Awakening, there was mm-hmm. it was it was somewhat. It was somewhat contained, like you said, yeah. like it was it was somewhat policed. But now they were like, oh, perfect. We'll make all of them go to vote. And so they'll have to expose all of their, you know, all yeah. of their horrible uh, rhetoric. And yeah. that will surely kill the QAnon movement once people see what anti-Semites and racist they all are. Or, or well, what might really happen is that they'll just get more radicalized when they get to vote. Yeah. yeah, there'll be less of them, but they'll be more radical, and there's not going to be any. There's going to be less moderating voices, like which is what you liked about. Yeah, some that's of the not as stuff. fun. That's not as fun. It's I. Yeah. That's yeah. you that's, have less people flirting with it. More people just committed. Yeah, I, I like the I like the the narrative written yeah. the crowdsource narratives written around the drops mm-hmm. and how they relate to what is breaking in the news. I don't care about like the. Like, I feel like now that it's moving to vote, like, I'm going to lose interest because there isn't that, and I'd be pardon me for using the word, but somewhat level-headed critical analysis around what's going on. I mean... Note to fans, Jake will not actually lose interest in that he is doing a podcast for your pleasure related to this topic. I actually am going to research VPNs once I get home so I can get into HN. But, but speaking about this, this idea that the Great Awakening is somehow separate from Q and the possibility that... The Great Awakening as a concept might outlive Q. We had a, a fantastic iTunes review yesterday that I'd just like to read on the air from a, a certain Mo Luan. So um, Mo posted this yesterday. He gave us one star. Uh, and it was uh, he, the subject of uh, his review was nothing to hear, H-E-A-R, comma, here, H-E-R-E. So nothing to hear here. Okay, but his vocabulary was correct. Yeah, not wrong. Okay. Um, I tried to like this podcast. I listened to each one, but the Pizzagate episode was when I deleted the podcast from my library, and then he has some spaces and some dots, which makes me think he like typed back and forth furiously until he finally found the words he wanted to use. Okay. Zero research done on Pizzagate episode. Not saying it all ties to a DC pizza joint, but a look at WikiLeaks emails and knowing that the symbols that you fools keep laughing at are actually linked to crime as per FBI. Not saying Q is or isn't real. It could be a huge LARP, but it sure has been a catalyst in the Great Awakening. If you're looking for fair, even-handed discussion, you won't find it here. So there is this idea. That's you know what, Mo? That's a fair review. Yeah, it's, we accept you. We still love you. 
if because uh, we know that you're going to download episodes. Yeah, you can't we, resist us. We Mo. know you're going to. We know Mo, you're going to come back to again. us. Mo, add one star, and two stars is good enough for me. Mo. Uh, also, if you're not Mo and you're listening to this, go and you know try to outbalance these people um, and describe us as fine fellows. It, it it does seem to me like one of the risks is that uh, the era of um, citizen researcher. And the idea of like open your eyes to the reality is going to become a larger movement that will live on past Q. Like maybe Q gets thrown out, but the way that Mo's talking might be a blueprint for what we see happen, right? Of like people saying, yes, Q was something, something, but he was the beginning of, you know, me looking into shit. And then they, they wade through all this crazy disinformation and then, you know. Right. Yeah, I think, yeah, the, the idea of like crowdsourced investigative journalism is, uh, is sort of like probably a larger thing that's going to come out of this movement. What's happening here, uh, in my opinion, is that the QAnon movement is essentially symbiotic with uh, how out of touch the mainstream media is. And they love that, right? They mention it all the time. The mm-hmm. MSM is untrustworthy. And the further the mainstream media goes down this path of, of becoming not very trustworthy when it comes to the way they frame things and and right. owned by corporate interests, the more these people are kind of vindicated in going to try and find the truth for themselves. Now, whether, you know, they have like a predisposition towards, you know, right wing or reactionary thought right. or not, you know, that that's going to guide their research. But it, it is to me a reaction to something that's larger than just Trump saying, hey, this is fake news, which is the American public's uh, slow realization that mainstream media is fallible, you know, and right. that even like the institutions that when Trump took power, like position themselves as like perfect, you know, protests to him, champions of the truth, like the New York Times or the Washington Post, right. ended up publishing a lot of crazy shit in the two years after. And a lot of it was just bad. Yeah. And, and a lot of it was even anti left wing and was just a, an attempt to do damage control uh, to keep power for establishment Democrats, but they were still simultaneously running on, you know, um, democracy dies in darkness and shit like that. So it, it's anyways, it's just something that I'm also, um, did you guys see noticing. the, uh, did you guys see over the weekend when the hurricane hit, there were so many examples. There was this one video of this reporter who literally mm. looked like if he, if he let go of, of <laughs> what he was holding on to, that he would be picked up by the wind and taken away. I mean, he's like uh-huh. leaning into the wind and like doing all this. And then in the background, these two guys just like, they, they, they look like they had just gotten McDonald's and like smoked a bowl and were like trying to find a place to like smoke a cigarette or whatever. <laughs> and they just kind of walk <laughs> casually like, like, you know, 10 feet behind him, yeah. like totally unaffected by the storm. Yeah, like, he's role playing his. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the MSM is like, they, they, they keep giving these gifts. Like, mm-hmm. the thing is, is people are like, the mainstream media is untrustworthy. And then they're like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah? Well, how about this? untrustworthy stuff yeah. like it's just yeah. we, we publish trash oh yeah well here's an entire <laughs> opinion piece about hummingbirds <laughs> <laughs> and, and fuck hummingbirds man i yeah, i look at the, them i look at those things they're like flying bullets dude if they if they fly the wrong way and that yeah. that beat goes into your temple man you're done That's flying bullets i don't like them very bizarre take remember a couple years ago like i don't know maybe 10 years ago when that movie with dustin hoffman called wag the dog came out that's a good movie and it was totally about how the media creates you know creates a war zone when it needs one and all this stuff Mm -hmm. and my and the reaction to the movie is everybody was like huh that's neat like i remember when that movie came out and nobody was like oh man is the news like systematically like trying to deceive us like for their own corporate gains everybody was like oh that's real interesting that the news does that uh, Wang the dog right. also, you know, taught the lesson that um, if a certain 
outcome is wished by the establishment, uh, the political establishment, they can work with the media to both give the media the best story possible and in the in the process manufacture proof and consent for a war like Iraq. Right. So it wasn't just about the media. It was also um, in the same way that, that Bush and his ilk at the time and even Obama afterwards, they're in constant conversation with journalists and you have some of the higher editorial teams brokering when they're allowed to release information to right. the public. That's why the PRISM... Uh, surveillance system was only revealed about a year after mm-hmm. the story was already acquired by, uh, I can't remember who, potentially the New York Times. So I, but they delayed it because they were in talks with um, Bush and co, because at the time, the idea of national security was such a, a kind of hot topic panic button that they were suddenly, uh, the journalism meant, you know, negotiating with the people with who, the who were doing yeah. this illegal <laughs> stuff because, oh, if we release this now, we're going to put you know, American lives at risk, or it's going to be a, a danger to national security. Um, there's a great article, actually, about uh, the writer who did, you know, uncover some of this prism stuff before even the Snowden uh, story broke. And I think he wrote this article for The Intercept. It was very interesting. But it, it was, you know, his incredible frustration over the course of a year, like, you know, him basically developing ulcers and, and just being screwed around constantly because the editorial board, like, would not allow him to release the story right. and was keeping it hostage while they kind of did these protracted negotiations with the Bush administration. So it's like, I kind of feel like, yeah, we've made our bed, now let's lie in it. I mean... Well, I, and, and as it pertains to Q, this uh, very, something very similar is happening right now with these uh, Peter Struzik and uh, Lisa Page texts. The, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys saw, but there were all these new texts that got released to Congress over the last week. And one of them is basically them talking about their media leak strategy. Yeah. And at first, and at first, the lawyer was like, "Oh, well, no, 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 no. They were well. They were talking about. They were worried about leaks happening. They oh. were worried about these leaks happening, and that's what they're discussing. But then the follow up texts are like, are like, did you, you know, is the story good? Yep, it's printed. It like it's. I mean, if you yeah. look at the thing, it's it's. Clear as day that they were yeah. taking select pieces of this but Russia that's, investigation. That's literally and, nothing new. I mean, they it's just, nothing new. They just did that to uh, to the young uh, uh, African American man who was shot in his own apartment. Right, right. And in an absolute criminal move, they leaked that he has marijuana in his apartment after the man was shot to death in his own apartment by an off-duty police officer that they won't reveal whether or not her blood alcohol level was high. Right, and they're saying, and and so what? It's it's like, well, just so you guys know, if she had been on duty and uh, she had discovered the marijuana... She would have shot she, him in the chest. She would have shot him in the <laughs> chest as well to keep him yeah. from smoking a little bit and playing Tomb Raider. Yeah, it's so true, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There's a big risk uh, of young African-Americans radicalizing and... And wanting to explore tombs. Yeah, and maybe like eat some fucking Skittles or, you yeah. know, do some... I, I'll tell you... I hear he was found with uh, Cheeto dust <laughs> on all of his fingers. And additionally, uh, the pause screen of Tomb Raider was on in the background. So does he deserve to be shot in the chest? That's a question that you have to ask yourself. I mean, on the one on the one hand, uh, he is championing championing strong female leads in interactive entertainment. So on the one hand, we we can't really yeah. uh, speak against that. Uh, mm-hmm. But on the other hand, the uh, marijuana, uh, the gram and a half of marijuana that was rolled up on his uh, living room table, it could lead to violence. It could lead to. Um, I think it would be rad if like a cop just walked in and shot another one and someone else in their chest, like in the middle of their apartment. Because they uh, quote unquote couldn't tell it wasn't their own apartment, but then later they leaked to the to the media like, yeah, you may think this person was just an upstanding, uh, you know, 
family guy and, and someone in the community that like made speeches and was a, p- a potential leader, <laughs> but we found three beers in his fridge. <laughs> okay? 7.2%, okay? This was craft beer, okay? Pale ale. Yeah. Wildcat. We shot him in the chest. Terrible. Yeah, several times. <laughs> oh, fuck. And you know, honestly, the the, the, the the cop's face in her in her mugshot, she fucking looks wasted. Not good, yeah. She looks like Not shit. Good. She looks like she's on meth. It's like, guys, please just give us some, I mean, fuck. You know, fuck. And then this has to take up, I don't know how many fucking uh, cycles, and Fox 4 News, which was some local fucking Fox channel, that published the original leaked thing about the marijuana, then published a follow-up article saying, oh, like, people are pissed about the, the marijuana thing, and they think it's the raw, you know? It's like, you you were an accessory in publishing this, you dipshits. It's your editorial board that should go, oh, this is clearly a manipulation by the the the... The, the cops on the uh, on this and we should be doing investigative journalism in that we should be looking into her blood alcohol level and all these other information pieces instead they just reprinted like marijuana and so fuck the media in this case because again they're acting as an arm of the of the authoritarian government so they're not innocent you know and and i think that goes for almost all media outlets right now i, I see very few media outlets that are willing to to publish stories that go against the grain of corporate interest i see mm-hmm. the intercept doing it i see democracy now still willing to do it um but but anyways we, we can get into that a little we a little we more digress about our hatred line. of the of the media uh so you've been posting about a certain jessica ashu and her role in getting the subreddits banned. So who is she, and who or what is Arab Scarab? So what? <laughs> so so uh, Jessica Ashu is the director of policy at Reddit, and oh. and and on Reddit she she posts regularly, mostly really benign things, uh, under the name Arab Scarab, and. Uh, the only reason that she was mentioned is that she was brought up in a big league politics article and big league politics is a website that's sort of been playing footsie with, with QAnon. Right. They've been sort of covering mm-hmm. it kind of favorably. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so they, their angle on this ban is that, Oh, this is terrible. They're censoring. They, they called the great awakening, the second largest pro Trump subreddit, Reddit bans, the second largest pro Trump subreddit. Very was, bizarre. Was the angle. Yeah. So well, weird, well so weird is that framing true? Of it. I mean, it's bes- not. No. Besides the Donald, what is there another one that is as big as, I as just, QAnon? I just think it's bad reporting to call the main QAnon subreddit, subreddit just the second biggest Trump Reddit. That's not what it is. It's, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. a good point. You guys are right. You know, even if it is pro-Trump, and I think Q, I think we can agree in general, is definitely like about right. about Trump being, you know, fighting the deep state and all this stuff. That's just that's just bad journalism to to put that in that. Yeah. Context. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the only reason that she was brought up was because part of being a conspiracy theorist is that you have to play like six degrees of George Soros, right? And of this course. is the Soros connection. Okay, here right. we go. That Jessica, she was previously uh, a scholar with the Atlantic Council, a think tank, and this this uh, think tank has donations from George Soros. Right. Okay. So and so the the implication was that uh, Jessica Ashu was a main player in getting these this uh, these subreddits banned. But there's not really any evidence uh, that I've seen. Yeah. I don't think we know exactly what went on behind the scenes mm-hmm. quite yet. She may have been, had had a role, but the implication from a lot of like pro QAnon people was that oh, this this uh, this woman who has a connection to George Soros, she was driving, she was leading the charge and getting all these subreddits banned. I've also seen a, a couple of um, posts that almost use the Arab Scarab name as as this kind of you know red strike against her, where it's like. 
did you know that she posts as Arab Scarab? Yeah. And it, she actually revealed it quite openly in another post. Like it wasn't, she was trying, she wasn't trying to hide that. No, you know, it's just, it's not, it's not it's a just a thing. posting. It's a name, right? Yeah. yeah it's it's just like, a name. Yeah. it says Arab in it. Yeah. Right. And the, yeah, the big league, uh, big league politics article, it framed it as, Oh, uh, Jessica Shu, how some people believe posts as Arab scarab. Yeah. And it's a secret shape. No, it's, it's open. They don't, they don't keep it secret. Yeah. yeah. Some mm-hmm. people don't believe she, no, she yeah. just, yeah. she posts like that. Um, don't you think if George Soros is is fun, you know, is is giving the kill, you know, the kill order to the QAnon band? Don't you think that he would have done it long, long ago yeah. before all the bakers started to put together yeah. all of these pieces before it reached, of, reached the reached moment? NBC. Right. Yeah, the moment that Q Q was would have been talking about the release of the FISA memo is when they would have killed it because they would have gone, oh, okay, he's bringing like a classified shit into light right. into the public. This is going to come out. We need to kill this right now. Not so on, not only that, but isn't the theory that Soros has a hand in in CNN and NBC? Why would why would George Soros have allowed this story to reach CNN and NBC, hit the mainstream, get a bigger audience, Absolute. and then kill the Reddit? Yeah, no, 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 and and it's it's no, it's not right. And also, uh, Soros recently came out. Uh, he was speaking very unfavorably of uh, Hillary Clinton and and yeah. President Obama. Soros say, is not a person saying that yeah. he 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 let that they let him down. So I mean. It's sort of he—he's he, sort of losing his his holy place in the conspiracy, as far yes. as I'm concerned. It's true that he he has become somewhat of a right wing shibboleth. Like he's, right. he's this kind of thing <laughs> yeah. where it's like, yes, Soros, Soros, and you're like, okay, this is tenuous, but I'm pretty sure it's still Soros. But it's yeah, there he he's he pales in comparison to how systematically the Koch brothers bankroll uh, a lot of the uh, alt right. You know, it's very direct. Uh, they they fund um, the foundations and the think tanks and the the, the found, and the uh, and the foundation of then these media outlets directly and openly and Soros it's always like yeah no we know it's Soros but like he kind of doesn't do it openly I, I don't know yeah also um, if you think that we are bankrolled by Soros could you please contact Soros and tell him that you know we know the checks in the mail but we haven't received anything yet we haven't heard any word from his team um, and it would be great if some of that money could could finally funnel up to us because I feel like Antifa is like overfunded. I've seen so many Antifa kids with gold chains these days. They're driving nice ass cars and shit. Mm-hmm. They're still wearing those black hoods, very threatening. They're very violent. But nice, nice black hoodies. But really like, like nice. Volcom and you know. No, like, no, no. Like Comme des Garçons. Like that's oh, so Antifa nice. is now dressing in Comme des Garçons. And they're they have the limited edition hype beast sneakers and shit, and I'm like, where's my money? Tight. Where's my Soros money? I'm sick of this shit. I'm not part of the left wing conspiracy, and I'm sick of being fucking left out. Yeah, you're sitting in a what looks like a screen printed Akira T-shirt. It looks like, uh, yeah, it does not look Soros funded. I'll I'll say that. Mm, thank you very much. Yeah, and also I haven't washed in a week. So where's Soros on that? I need a shower. Yeah, he need a shower and uh, some hard scrubbing. I ain't shit right for three days. <laughs> George Soros! Uh, one of the more worrying developments in the last few decades, in my opinion, is the domino effect that occurred after the introduction of digital journalism. So what I mean by this is with revenue drying up, mainstream news platforms gutted their investigative journalism wings. They closed their foreign offices and they ushered in the rise of the opinion piece. Uh, oh, oh, and they um, they filled round tables uh, with adult children wearing hair plugs and uh, spiritual giants like Ben Carson. Uh, so, so that's been the result so far. Then this was followed by the proliferation of social media platforms, which added a whole layer to it because 
uh, it rapidly became the main conduit for news distribution. So now these media companies, almost all of which serve their corporate owners over the, quote, public, either play ball and pay Facebook to get their content out to their own followers, or they risk fading into obscurity. So what I'm personally worried about uh, is that these for-profit tech companies that are run by semi-autistic boy kings <laughs> aren't really, they, they don't seem to me to be bound to any clearly articulated morality or even founded or run by journalists. And yet their internal company policies and their terms of service are now the arbiters of what is and isn't fit for publication. And every part of the information chain is motivated solely by profit. So... Does this worry you guys as well? I mean, this is this is the other side of the coin for me where, yes, like, I don't think it's a tragedy that Alex Jones doesn't get to fucking jump on his soapbox and yap. Yes, I think uh, it's not a bad thing overall for culture to have Reddit get rid of these boards. But in the long run, are we looking at, um, are we looking at a landscape in, in which everything becomes completely relative and you have private companies uh, with no defined moral stance or, or political stance, just well, basically determining what they should or shouldn't be banned. I feel like it's sort of like that already. Yeah. Right? Like, like you've got the left that is 100% sure that uh, Russia is, you know, controlling the United States president. And then you've got uh, the, and then you've got uh, the right that is 100% sure that, that Trump was, you know, that his election was meddled with domestically. Yeah. Two completely different narratives, even though Although I'd they argue, have similar elements to them. I'd just, argue the left would be best described as liberals in this case. Right. Just because... No, no, no. Yeah, not the, le not yeah. the left left. Um, right, 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 right. Not right. the dirtbag left. <laughs> well, um, so, but I guess, I mean, what I mean by that is centrist uh what's called the left often and what you just referred to as the left right. is for me like a it's a centrist moderate stance that that tends to lean right 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 um, right politically at least just in terms of their actual policies mm -hmm. um but yes you have two, these two these two camps which to me don't represent spec like the spectrum but they are convinced of very very different things but at the end of the day I mean, who gets to say what is and isn't right? Because Facebook recently put in place this this uh, fact-checking thing, which has given fact-checking rights to a lot of actual right-wing yeah. like misinformation platforms that now get to fact-check left-wing. It's just such a mess. It's like... Yeah, I this mean, is, is this the beginning of the just total i mean it it does it feels like we're already there it's yeah sorry go ahead travis yeah yeah i mean it's it's really crazy that they didn't think of this you know earlier that they were going to be these huge platforms they're going to need to regulate their platforms so mm -hmm. uh, and uh sh regulate what kind sort of content shows up i sympathize as someone who uh goes onto hchan regularly i'm all <laughs> in favor of them regulating content and sort of making these sorts of editorial decisions because i see what what happens without it it's just it's just insanity yeah there needs to there needs to be some level of standards, otherwise you just get you just yeah. get a cesspool. Yeah, and the problem is that you know the, the we're in a country where um, regulation is is very demonized, and the idea of free speech is uh, for better or for worse used as a cudgel against anyone who would who would uh, who would regulate anything. But the reality of the structure right now is that when you say editorial and when you say they. We are dealing with private companies, and private companies answer to their shareholders or 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 uh, the, the people who've started them if they, if they're still completely private. Right. Um, investors. Uh, and so it's not like we have anyone 
um, with any moral authority or even training in journalism or in sociology or in any of these humanities. You're basically saying, you know, these people are basically engineers uh, and profiteers. Yeah. So you have capitalists and engineers getting together to put these platforms together and to try to squeeze a dollar out of them. And then we're asking them now to be the standard bearer for, you know, what is and isn't hate speech. It seems to me, and again, I'm not you know, playing the like, well, free speech, like right wing hand, but I'm also incredibly worried with the shift well, because I know that, that left wing stuff gets um, sucked into the same thing. And then they're like, well, you know, got to do both sides. And because of the way centrism works in today's America, I could definitely see that. Oh, yes, we got rid of Breitbart. We also got rid of democracy now, you know, the two sides. And then yeah. it's like all you have left is this just. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. The problem is, too, is is. The internet it being a part of it is is a a speci- is a unique p- aspect of the problem. And the the example I was thinking of is that like, you know, okay, freedom of speech. If you're out on the street and you see uh, somebody that is a different color than you, and you call them a racial slur, mm-hmm. that's your freedom of speech. But you know what? You're probably gonna get your ass whooped. The right. thing is, is on the internet, you can say whatever you want with no consequences, mm-hmm. and so. The problem is, is there are, I really do think that there needs to be some kind of consequence, but where, where do you draw the line? Do you, do you go to, you know, if you target hate speech, do you, is it like they get a timeout? Like if you write the N word three times, do you get your internet turned off for, you know, for one week or yeah, and, three hours, and by or, who? By who? If there's no state-run internet right. or regulated internet, who, it's a private company. It's They're like, only going to shut you down when it no longer is financially profitable, and that's what we've seen with these platforms. It's either like, oh, I pissed off the CEO directly, like what Alex Jones did with Jack, uh, right, Dorsey on Twitter, uh, or you know, it's no longer profitable for us to let this shit proliferate. We'll get rid of it. So if 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 the final moral arbiter of what does and doesn't get published is the dollar. Like the yeah. profit margins, well, that can't be a society that I, that 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 is structured right. Yeah, I feel like there's so much money to be made in hate and fear, mm-hmm. of course, and violence. Yeah. I mean, it's still like I was thinking about this the other day. I was watching. I can't remember who who it was. It was some actor that was like you know speaking out on violence and all this stuff. And I'm like, but all of your movies, it's you like killing one billion people in like yeah. the most violent way possible and so it's yeah. like yeah where do you really draw the line i mean where do you draw the line it's it's it, really tough it is difficult because you know um and i was reading a, a hunter s thompson quote you know talking about how the potential for america to survive its worst demons and its worst instincts and become something greater as this kind of petri dish for modernity and post uh, and a potential post-industrial era uh, but I just don't, it, it seems to just be getting worse. It seems to be getting more corporate, more regulated, and and that's right. uh, and that's creating uh, fascism. It's because we're all so busy fighting with each other that these companies are like, oh, good, we'll let them fucking duke it out while we get as much, you know, we squeeze as much money as we can. Right. They're not going to make money by saying, oh, you know what, dude, this thing that you posted on our platform, eh, kind of, we kind of don't, 
it kind of doesn't fly. Like, there's yeah. much more money to be made to stoke, you know, both sides of the fire and let mm. it fucking, you know, burn up as much wood, you know, destroy as much as much grass and trees as it can. And it's tricky because you do see that all genocides um, that have been organized in human history started with a conversation about, like, how do we get rid of these people? And uh, th th there's an interesting argument. Recently, Chapel Trap House uh, had another kind of inebriated history episode where uh, Matt Chrisman tried to explore what fascism was, like what the roots were and what how, how it exists in, in today's um, system. And he did notice that the rise of fascism occurred after both like major economic collapses. So the last time fascism rose, it was after the Great Depression and the contradictions uh, between what capitalism was supposed to provide people and what it really was providing people uh, was used as as a kind of tool to, you know, uh, to put together a nationalist movement that mm -hmm. felt like it had the popular, like, get you out into the streets and um, direct action thing, which was taken from the left. And, of course, the kind of implacable uh, uh, power before uh, policy that the that the... That, that Hitler espoused after after uh, World War One and and in reaction to um, the economy being completely destroyed, which is kind of what we've seen happen in several countries after 2008. Countries that were meant to be Western countries and uh, wealthy countries were suddenly uh, put in a position where they had to do, you know, uh, what they called austerity measures. And austerity measures sounds a lot like what happened after the Versailles Treaty uh, that, that, that was the kind of like settle things after World War I treaty in which the Germans were plunged into a crazy recession to pay for everybody else because they, you know, everybody decided it was the, the, yeah, the, the Germans' fault or whatever. Yeah. Um, but this kind of, you know, like, gotta squeeze your belt, and, like, th this is what's happening in America, it's what's happening everywhere else, this kind of idea of, like, yeah, well, the poor are gonna squeeze their belts. Meanwhile, you see these industrialists, these capitalists getting incredibly wealthy at the same time, so there's this incredible contradiction, and fascism rises as a reaction to this contradiction. Well, it's, you know... And, and the wealthy don't even realize that they're wealthy. I was watching uh, Keeping Up with the Kardashians the other day with my girlfriend, and, um... <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> And there was a preview for uh, a new Kardashian spinoff called like Life of Kylie, and she and somebody's asking her a question, and they're saying, you know, people people who on the outside, you know, they would say that you lead an easy life. Uh, what you know, what would you what would you say to that? And her answer is, I mean, really? She's like, I mean, my life is. I think the only real difference is that I have nice things. Yeah, and and that hit that mm -hmm. hit me on such a uh, a I was terrified because it was like no, it's not just that you have nice things; it's that you don't have to live with the fear that if you don't make enough money, you will be kicked out of your apartment. Oh yeah, you you don't you, you know um, if you uh, fuck up and and speed on the freeway, you you might get a ticket that you can't afford to pay. I mean, there's it's it's so much more. Than this, but because everything is all relative, yeah, all they feel like is like, oh well, I might have like a couple nicer things than you do, uh, which listen, even of itself is like it is is gross to hear. You you heard it here first. Uh, Kylie Jenner does not have class consciousness. This podcast is breaking the story that she has no idea. Uh, that there might be different classes and that this might be uh, one of the mechanisms uh, well, that has caused things ha to like, happen in history. My boss, my boss too. Um, like I don't make any money at all and my boss thinks that he's overpaying me because he's been rich for so long that they forget what it's like to be 
poor. So on this, on besides all of this stuff that we're talking, we have we have one class that is always reminded. You know, the yeah. poor people are constantly reminded of how poor we are mm-hmm. and how it's going to be so much more difficult for us to get the bare minimum of what we need to. You know pursue life, liberty, and, sure. and happiness or whatever. But then you have the the one percenter or, you know, the the rich people who have zero idea. They've completely lost touch. Mm-hmm. And your media is playing to both of those sides. And it's like... Yeah, I'd argue that, that the way that work functions today in that, you know, we basically developed technology that would allow us all to work less. But instead of doing that, we decided to lionize work and say the work ethic is something valuable in and of itself. You have to go out there and hustle whether you're rich or not. And so you have someone uh, like one of the Jenner daughters who is out there trying to make more money or whatever, uh, who is out there like going, jumping through the hoops, the kind of uh, obstacle course of of capitalism and like uh, entrepreneurship and all this stuff, uh, which by the way, no one really needs. We don't need new companies. We don't need anything. We, we need the technology we already have to start working for actual human beings instead of being completely, um, uh, you know, uh, kind of folded into the profit margins. But instead, we have people who at the end of the day, you tell them, oh, you have an easy life. But it's like, well, no, I actually worked all day. But what, what people don't realize is that there is no inherent value in work, that if the end result of your work is that you know more trash is in the ocean and that more people are oppressed, they still feel at the end of the day like they've done a, a hard job. And if you're telling them otherwise, like they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? I worked for every cent I have, you know? Yeah. Um, and and that's that to me is a little bit depressing because it means that um, little by little, old money doesn't exist, right? Old money used to be... Like we have money and so we have leisure. And mm-hmm. now it's like we have money and so nothing changes. You're still just as stressed. Your day is still just as full of shit you have to do. And you have the same mental pressure and fear of like losing these large sums of money or whatever uh, because we're unable to let go of this old concept which was built in during the industrial era that like, yes, working your fucking ass off all day is somehow noble. And at the end of the day, when you get to go tell someone, I'm exhausted, I've been doing this, 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 right. and this, that that is inherently worthy. Even if what you right. did was whatever the fuck Ky- it, Kylie it, Jenner does. Yeah, and I would say that at that time it was true that if you did go out and work your ass, you know, work your ass off, you were able to afford some sort of decent living, right. whereas now... But in, but in the post-war... Um, in the post-war structure in the United States, that was true briefly because briefly, right. there was an immense amount of wealth that was built around uh, an organized economy that happened during World War II in that uh, the government started to control the economy and say, okay, production is going to have to be rerouted towards the war effort. And suddenly uh, a lot of these efforts uh, and jobs were secured and, and were paying decent amount. Of course, black people still left out and of course people were still fucked over in the system. But then the boomer generation after that profited from uh, the expansion of America into other markets, you know, so instead of just being like, okay, our domestic market is uh, is booming, now it's like, f- fuck manufacturing. Other countries will be cheaper manufacturing, and we can become, uh, you know, like the upper class on a, on a global level instead of just a local level. Of course, it didn't right. work out that way. We're now many years later, and we've created uh, in- extreme poverty in our country, even though we have you know, more people employed than ever before, their jobs don't pay, pay their rent. Uh, yeah. People work two jobs and still can't pay rent or can't pay for, for health insurance. So it's, um, it's a totally different world that, that people were dealing with after the war, you know? 
You guys remember like when we were growing up and uh, at like 10 o'clock or whatever, the news would come on and that was it. You got your couple stories that were happen- happening locally, maybe some big things yeah. that were happening in, you know, internationally mm-hmm. or nationally. And that was it. You had a very small window for which the news was delivered and yeah. you trusted them and, and, that, and that was it. Yeah, it was like five bullet points. It was like, who got invaded? Uh, <laughs> blacks are still uppity. Uh, <laughs> number three is like, uh, we should look up to this rich person. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was it was still bullshit. It's but, the it was the same. But it was simple. But it was simple. Whereas now, do you guys and especially Travis, do you think that the twenty four hour news cycle, or God, twenty four second news cycle, as people are people don't even read articles anymore? I feel like they. I feel like the news is how can we how can we influence them with just the headline in hopes that they will just move on past it to the next headline? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've like, we've. Be- I, I mean, yeah. I read. I read a lot of tweets. I. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I so. So yeah. So, I, know, so true. I know that they're. They keep trying to make us. Uh, you know, more and more shocked, and to the point that uh, you know something has to be bonkers, insane, for us to pay attention anymore. I mean, for all I know, that's why I got interested in QAnon. Like the regular normal news wasn't doing it for me anymore. Yeah. yeah. And so. <laughs> me and, too. Me yeah. too. Same. Yeah. And so so I needed something. I needed like you know a hit of meth the uh, version of yeah. news, something insane for me to get interested anymore yeah we're pro news kink that's what we are we're and news kinky and i think we just can't get n- off unless news we... kink that's a new yeah. I th- as, do as, not I, news kink shame us i've never heard that before but i think we do we have these news kinks and and the and i've never seen journalists sort of demonized and held up as like these shining beacons of of truth, you know, and like they, they're de- celebrities now. Whereas- yeah, but they're defunded too. The, this, there's the, there's yeah. two classes now. There's a tiny minority of like celebrity people who are always dumb. Yeah, they're incredibly <laughs> bad at journalism, invariably, and it's just like the biggest face on every television ever, all the time. And then there's people doing real journalism, but they're usually skin of their teeth, and they know that it, they. They've sacrificed larger success and money and, and integration into this kind of mainstream machine. In exchange, they they can stay independently minded, which should be the foundation of journalism. Hmm. Do you guys think that as we move, like we, we kind of started the podcast talking about this sort of crowdsourced journalism, do you think that as that becomes more and more prevalent, that it, we there's actually a chance that we might get back to some sort of truth? Or do you think that the echo chambers are, are far are too far gone already and that any sort of crowdsourced investigative journalism is going to still spin its own fucking wheels. I mean, I, I, I of course, I'll defer to, to, to Travis for a, probably a smarter answer. But, but when I, when I think of, um, of the idea that that news used to be true and now it isn't, I, I just think that no, it's just that the lie was singular before, and so people could at least agree on this one central lie, right? Or at least there were one or two lies, maybe. Now there's just like. A million different ways to frame it. I think now we have access to uh, less tainted journalism, if you can find it. The problem is, it's like saying, "Hey, we have access to better music if you can find it on fucking Spotify," <laughs> with no idea, with no context. Like you just have to go search using search terms. Yeah. You know, you know, you're right. It was like we do have access to more information than ever, and it's easier to find the truth if you're willing to. But I don't think we're cognitively equipped in order to no. uh, find that truth because you know uh, that requires you to often humble yourself mm-hmm. and say maybe what I believe is bullshit, and yeah. and then and so go out and try and prove your beliefs wrong, and that requires a certain kind of 
uh, masochism, you know, mm. that most people don't possess. Yeah. Most people want to, you know, they, they believe what they know is true and they want to get the endorphins and, and, uh, and dopamine that you get when that, those beliefs are validated. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, we did talk earlier about how much profit there is in hatred. There's also an immense amount of profit in outrage and they actually mm -hmm. are symbiotic in that, uh, you know, as the ownership of media falls to fewer and fewer hands, it's profitable to run both simultaneously, uh, you know, and and the smarter post-truth um, philosophers and political operatives in in Russia that kind of ushered in this this era of post-truth, um, they knew uh, that that this was a fact. That's why uh, you know some of the early Putin strategy around information uh, was to fund both sides. You fund all sides. And you confuse people uh, into a state of like being overwhelmed and, and paralyzed. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I, I mean, yeah, the the idea, you know, I mean, of course, the idea of like a a perfect truth is is very attractive, but I, I'm not absolutely certain it does exist. Um, I do agree that it's very hard for a society to function if we don't at least agree on some basics, and that those basics used to exist. Did those basics? help us not commit atrocities? No. Like, I think our history is full of awful atrocities, worthless wars, and and human cruelty. So I'm wondering, what is, um, is there a way to accept, just like postmodernism accepts that modernism is over, to accept that, you know, fact and truth and all this stuff is not going to exist the same way it used to? Uh, and what is then that next stage? I, I see Travis terrified we're just <laughs> yeah, yeah we're building his nightmare on air yeah yeah i mean this is you know really one of the things that motivates me to research uh you know because yeah. because the, the world that you paint where, yeah. where it's like well you know that that the whole shared truth thing has left the station that's not gonna happen anymore <laughs> i hate that that the, i yeah. that i don't want to live in that world probably will but, but <laughs> i i i i would really rather yeah. you know be able to know that i know the same things about the world as my neighbors. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't know what could be done to prevent it, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's very upsetting. It's certainly not a surprise because you did mention that, you know, what got you into all this is creationism. That is really the realization that my neighbors believe some crazy shit oh, that I don't understand yeah. why they believe it. And here we go. Yeah. Oh yeah. And not only, not only my neighbors, there was a Gallup does a poll yearly about mm -hmm. how many people believe that humanity yep. appeared on earth. Uh, you know, uh, 10,000 years ago. And it's like 38% of the country, which is, you know, uh, over yeah. 120 million people. To be fair, that might not even be creationists. It's just people who just don't know math about how long the earth has existed, right? I mean, or or they go, uh, you know, and I, I, in some ways I'm like this too, where they go, I know that this story probably isn't true, but it feels better to think it. that there's something. Let me read you some of... Um, uh, George George Papadopoulos' uh, uh, tweets in the last couple of days. They're fascinating. I mean, it's fascinating that this yeah. guy was essentially, I mean, he created his Twitter. He really hasn't been tweeting at all until the sentencing came out and it seemed like... All those he, tweets were like, were like, oh, I love my wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was very, it was very, very, yeah. very nice. Um, I, I love my wife. Here, I love tweeting that I love my wife. <laughs> so it starts with, it starts with five days ago, he and his wife are kind of tag teaming Twitter right now. It's uh, almost like they have this joint. It's very, very interesting. She's and, the, she's the woman who got out of the car with him. Like when they, yeah, when they perp walked him kind of. Yeah. So 
So she tweets, she goes, just got this amazing picture, exclamation point, Halper with Downer. Now, Downer was the Australian diplomat who they said triggered the Russia investigation, that it was his interview with George Papadopoulos that triggered the investigation leading into... Crossfire Hurricane. Crossfire Hurricane, exactly. So then George, four days ago, Papadopoulos goes, Senator Burr and Mark Warner. So these are two, like... Q guys, basically. I mean, they're the the things that they're pushing for in, con- in 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 Congress sort of line up with the Q narrative. He said, "If my lawyers are fine with me testifying, I am more than happy to discuss my suspicious encounters with Alexander Downer." U.S. officials who were reaching out to me around that time, Stefan Halper and. Putin's niece, of, and of course, Joseph Mifsud. If I do testify, I also think it's important for me to detail my interactions with U.S. intelligence officials from the U.S. Embassy, London. George Baker, so he's naming names, Gregory mm-hmm. Baker and Terrence Dudley, both wanted to ingratiate themselves in the campaign via myself. So it looks like he's trying to set up the mm-hmm. fact that he was set up. That's what he's I'm trying sort to set of getting up the, out of He's this. basically name dropping because he knows that this kind of community thinks it's very impressive that he knows the names of people like in foreign governments or that are highly placed. But at the same time, I can't shake that this guy is like the political Martin Shkreli. Like he, he just, is. He totally is. He's such a little troll bitch. He, and he, now he goes, I am proud to announce that the brilliant legal minds of Pierce Bainbridge... This is like when somebody on my Facebook like books a fucking like, entertainment gig job and they name drop. They go, he goes, I am proud to announce that the brilliant legal minds of Pierce Bainbridge have joined my legal team. This sounds like a guy who's going through a divorce and can't keep it off Facebook. He goes, after reviewing notes again... It does. It, my it, bitch it, wife is going to definitely get what's coming. Yeah, and at 3, at 3 a.m. he's like, not feeling too great, frowny face, in, in the hope <laughs> <laughs> that like people will just go like yeah, yeah, oh yeah. what's wrong man oh there's a dude on my no Facebook but but like because that. he's like a kind of cool guy he'll be like he'll try to like end it with like a whiskey bastard thing it's like thank god for my old friend jameson yeah exactly. <laughs> like or something like that or a picture of like a, a half of a cigarette smoldering in an ashtray yeah. with like a, a glass of scotch yeah he goes okay so a day ago he goes after reviewing notes again like he took notes on this shit uh-huh. it's like he reads <laughs> he goes it seems the two months after a likely mi6 led operation again against me in London with Stefan Halper, the British government decided to deliver me Theresa May's personal congratulatory letter to Trump after he was elected. And then in case... Then he keeps the he's just dropping names. He yeah, goes, that's what he that's he, what he's doing. He's like I, he's basically saying I'm a highly placed source. But besides which is the like fact, the setup for whatever his entertainment uh, yeah. channel will be in a year or whatever. Besides the fact that I notified the FBI a year ago about my suspicions that Downer was illegally recording my conversation with him, the lead up to the meeting with Downer in London was even more bizarre. This guy sucks at posting. Just make a Downer syndrome joke and let's get it over with. <laughs> he come goes, on. He goes there is a lot to come. This guy's come uh, has a receding hairline. He only listens to bands that have lost custody of their children. But so weird, so interesting that that Papadopoulos, who's who really is like the fucking like coffee boy that could, like that guy who, yeah. who you know that he want that wannabe like you know for you yeah. know for, uh, what what do you call it like a foreign lobbyist guy who's like yo I know the people I was in the place like I'm the guy now that he's like uh-huh. now that his jail sentence is like uh, just a slap on the wrist or whatever just some like bullshit process crime he's like oh I'm gonna come out swinging with like my yeah. version of what's of what's going on i give it's, it about a week until he's like hanging out with dan bolzerian and uh you know just partying with paris hilton and just like he makes a new life for himself as like 
George See, three dollar signs I, Papadopoulos. I, whatever the fuck. I think I think in a couple weeks he, you're he, you're just gonna get like a very like humble tweet that he's like, oh, apparently I wasn't supposed to talk about any of this, and actually I've gotta have to delete my Twitter. Like yeah. that somebody's gonna be like, uh uh uh. You know, it's funny. Is that his lawyer at a sentencing hearing? His whole argument was all, oh, listen, Papadopoulos. He was he was a moron. He had no idea what the hell he was doing. <laughs> yeah. He's not a criminal mastermind. Yeah. And you know what? The Trump is a way bigger criminal than he is. Yeah. They implicated. <laughs> Trump, they said that, oh, when he planned the Russia meeting, like Trump nodded in approval. And so they made it sound like, oh, Trump was a really bad guy and George is an idiot. But now after the sentencing hearing is like, all, oh, there's now he's a super secret, you know, spy guy. Yeah, no, they're all spies as soon as they want a brand. Yeah, exactly. Uh, thank you very much for listening to another episode of QAnon Anonymous. Please join us on Patreon. You can pay five bucks a month for premium content and support our podcast if you cannot afford the five, you can go on iTunes, give us a review, uh, give us some stars or whatever to counteract all the MAGA people that are getting very, very angry at us. Um, For fooling them. Well, we are fools. We are fools, and uh, we'll do better. You know, we'll investigate what the hot dogs and the pizza meant. Um, Pretty sure this, yeah. We will look into the signs, uh, these symbols for Gmail and Facebook, and we will compare them to early Masonic imagery. Also, a correction from the previous episode, uh, I mentioned Pat Buchanan. I meant Pat Robertson. Pat Buchanan is just a garden variety right-wing douchebag. Pat Robertson is the crazy Christian guy who uh, uh, several episodes ago I mentioned was instrumental in politicizing the evangelical right. Um, so that's it. That'll be the last time I ever correct myself. We love you very much out there. Follow us on Twitter, QAnon Anonymous. That's also our Patreon. Uh, go and check out Travis underscore view on Twitter if you want just the finest uh, the finest screen capping in the business and a lot of research and, and consistent output. Um, and also, you know, uh, his attempt to protect um, Satan parody accounts from the evils of the world. I do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much again, Travis, for, for, for coming on. Pleasure to be here. The next episode you should be hearing Travis on is going to be our uh, adrenochrome slash uh, vampire slash uh, children's blood episode, which we all look forward to. I but, can't wait. But today we had to bring you the news of, of the great schism. And uh, I think we will see in the months to come what happens to the community, whether they have a better uh, option than going on a thing called VOAT, vote, uh, which just sounds like bloat, but with a V. Um, and whether they can find a new way for the mainstream to keep pumping out uh, some of their stuff. I believe in them. You know, this is a, uh, they, they stand together. Nothing. They'll make it. Yeah. <laughs> Where we go one, we go all to another shitty platform. <laughs> <laughs>